and welcome to the Service Operations Podcast. I am your host, Satinder Kaur. Our guests are from different industries and functions. They will share their experience, strategies and the changing landscape to help you take the service operations of your business to the next level. Murli, uh, welcome to the Service Operations Podcast. It's uh, really my pleasure to have you here and with your experience of 35 plus years, I mean, it's it's a lot that we can learn and understand from you. Uh, you having moved from the business to, uh, you know, handling large businesses as well as enterprise functions, you can take us uh, through your journey yourself. Thank you, Satinder. Thank you for having me here. In fact, uh, yes, you did. Uh, you're right. I've had the advantage of moving from business to enterprise functions, which I think does make a big difference when you run large enterprise functions towards the later part of your career. And I must make this uh, point uh, at the expense of embarrassing you. Uh, I have learned about the customer obsession and obsessing about what we do uh, means to the customer from you. In fact, I've seen you running these battles battles in the uh, executive XCOM and with the leadership battles, championing the cause of the customer. And I have, you have been an inspiration in the service uh, delivery in the bank. And I, I must concede that there are quite a few things that I have picked up by just observing you and having you as a colleague in ICICI Bank. Therefore, thank you for having me in this uh, <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, making me embarrassed, thank actually. But uh, I mean, I I can fight for the customer. <laughs> thank you. And that, I think, uh, was a benchmark uh, when we were in uh, ICICI Bank. Will it pass the Satinder test? Okay, that, I think, was a, a good question to ask in most of what we do and decisions that we take. Long before the internal ombudsman became formal in the banks and financial institutions, you were that internal ombudsman for the bank. So uh, thank you for having me in this podcast. You, uh, like you mentioned, it's been an advantage for me to have moved from running large businesses to the enterprise functions, uh, primarily because uh, A, it uh, sets every context uh, with a business relevance in what you do, whether you run a digital channel or you run an operations function, or you run a a business excellence function, or fraud control, it puts the attention back to saying that how does business benefit from it? And in turn, how does the customer benefit from it? That has been a big advantage for me. I don't think many of my colleagues have had that advantage. To that extent, I have had an edge in terms of my experience and the background to be able to kind of figure out what I am doing how would it have benefited me as a businessman? How would it have benefited the uh, organization in earning the qualification to go back to the customer and ask for more business? Am I doing things which are uh, adding value to the customer? He will be happy enough to write another check to me or through me. Has been a question which drove me through my entire enterprise uh, uh, responsibilities career, which took place in the later part of the journey be it operations, be it customer service, be it running the mid-office or the any other function which the organization trusted me with, this has been an obsession which has actually driven me. And to that extent, I think these service strategies that I had conceptualized and uh, executed across my career have just had this theme. How does it benefit the customer? How does it benefit the business? Yeah. 
and when there is an A intersection B space that you discover, you have discovered a sweet spot, which is repeatable, which is scalable, and also replicable across the enterprise. That's been the theme, uh, Satinder. Yeah. And uh, I also must mention saying that uh, I, the State Bank of India and ICICI Bank, where uh, where ICICI Bank was one of those fairly early members from the time the bank got set up. Um, both places I was I got lucky in terms of my assignments. In ICICI Bank, for instance, the bank has the propensity to trust you with responsibilities for which you neither have. Uh, qualification nor the, experience, nor the experience and they trust you fairly early and that prepares you like nothing else and it was a university and state bank of india which what groomed me into becoming a banker both these organizations go, gave me an opportunity to be a well-rounded bfsi professional and that actually resulted in my running very fairly large responsibilities in banking financial services and insurance and to that extent truly a bfsi professional so that's been the journey, uh, Satyendra. There is only one thing I remember about the journey is that there has never been a dull moment. I think that doesn't happen in many, that doesn't happen in many careers. And every one of those days when I spent thirty five plus years in the corporate world, in the BFSI sector, has been a phenomenal uh, journey. Uh, thank you, Satyendra. Uh, so. Uh... You know, this what you're the experience that you're talking about, you know, like the business handling large enterprises, risk taking and, you know, and especially at a time when, uh, you know, there was this entire evolution of the way uh, BFSI sector uh, evolved. Uh, I think the uh, am I right in saying that all that uh, we will be speaking about is applicable to any industry, actually, it's not really just uh, limited to BFSI, because I think the principles are, uh, you know, yeah, they remain the same. I agree with you. If you ever deal with a customer, which is what all businesses in the world will do, some of these principles never become irrelevant. And they will all be relevant as long as there's a customer at the center of your business enterprise. Uh, therefore, it when because the significant part of the uh, responsibility and experience is from BFSI, uh, I seek your indulgence in littering this with the uh, examples from BFSI, but you are right, it is not restricted to just the BFSI sector, but it's relevant across the enterprises where customer becomes the center of your business. One of the large chunks of, uh, you know, work that you did was, you know, handling this um, uh, ICICI bank contact center. I mean, handling as in you were, uh, you know, the business head uh, uh, out there at a time when there were, you know, when there was exponential growth everything seemed to be growing and at the same time there was this whole pressure of reducing cost so how did you you know uh, tackle that I and mean, that was i think one of the very challenging uh, assignments that you did that's true in fact uh, there were very few assignments which i had sought after in my career and i oh. think <laughs> the digital channels were and the contact center was one which i went after and i really did not get it the time that i wanted it but I got it at the right time to actually test every possible uh, capability that I had developed in the professional career because that was the time when ICICI Bank was going through an exponential growth. And contact center was a responsibility. It was in ICICI Bank, contact center is not just a service responsibility, but also a business responsibility because yeah. you deal with uh, cross-sell, you deal with multiple things. And uh, the core to the whole uh, um, strategy, Satinder 
has not been restricted to just the contact center as a business but uh, operations service delivery etc there is something which actually drove my uh, philosophy across all the uh, responsibilities which is to understand why is the customer seeking you out mm. be it at the branch or at the call center or on any other channel my my belief stemmed from the fact that uh, customer is most welcome to visit you call you and uh, visit your site but his having his or her having to do that is not good so when the customer chooses to come to you for good reasons you have an opportunity to talk to him and further your relationship but he has to come in that means yeah. there is a trigger point which has uh, caused him to come therefore i used to obsess with uh instead of most of the uh, colleagues who ran the enterprise functions from the capability capacity and supply side saying that how many seats do we have how yeah. many what's the headcount that we have how do we manage the call volumes i began to think saying that why is the customer calling in the first place can we understand that i must tell you that this was triggered by one of those strategy papers that i had read and mm. my boss used to talk about it from the fujitsu example where fujitsu when they were a service provider they began to offer this service to their manufacturing clients like sony and other folks saying that pay me for the calls prevented not from the for for the calls handled so that is an intriguing uh, proposition for me then i went dug deep into it i figured out that they understood they understood the core issues of why are the customers calling in the first place offer to deal with that because in their enterprise they had reasons similar to the ones that are suffered or the experienced by the customers offer to do a consulting assignment to bring down the friction in the customer service delivery and made a fortune and a model out of this business so i said how can we pick up examples like that and apply it to our workplace and uh, that's what put me on this course of seeking to understand demand rather than supply mm. supply is something which is in front of you and demand is something that you need to understand for you to be able to meet the demand from the supply that you have and the second point is what if you have to apply the theory of constraint saying that the supply will be limited supply limited in the form yeah. of the number of people that you can attract the number of people that you can train skill and be ready to take on the customer request and also the constraints placed by the organization's own capacity to put out the budgets will always be limited okay yeah. therefore how do you uh, deal with the uh, conundrum of service from the demand side rather than the supply side beat at the branch banking which i ran for a few uh, years before i moved on to the call center and say why are the customers walking into the branch why is the customer calling in the first place can we understand that and deal with it that is when uh, the whole thing unfolded to me and was a learning was phenomenal because when you apply it from when you approach it from the demand side you understand the nuances of why the customer is calling that some of these processes that we uh, run are designed to make the customer call instead of instead of uh, for instance we give them a service request and we told them 
call us after 3 days to find out what happened to your query instead of going back and telling him what happened to it ourselves we had very lovely channels like smss and all that in the old where you could go back and close the loop with the customer quite comfortably yeah and we still had these uh, white i mean the snail mail coming into them we chose to write to them while we had created the capability for uh, email and uh, answering email and answering calling. the customer beautifully so uh, we said if the customer calls he his customer writes he has reached the peak of his uh, tolerance yeah. and therefore he's already irate you are writing out a mail a holding a response to him in the snail mail is not going to help him can we manage the demand differently so the demand management uh, satyendra uh, was the theme which uh, across the channels i have found it very useful when you when since you understand the demand you understand the components of demand the components of demand meaning when does the demand peak yeah. when does the demand less what yeah. is the different types of demand which come to you and map the demand to then when you understand the demand it helps you understand the capability required it helps you understand the technology required it helps you understand the organization structure required it helps you understand the methodizing that you need to do and the processes that you need to follow it helps you understand the policies and processes that you need to change to be able to meet that demand so this uh, approaching it from the demand side uh, satyendra does give you multiple options to go deal with the customer's requirement and his uh, dilemmas and that kind of sets you up on a course which you never anticipate if you yeah. recollect yeah uh, the demand management is what led us to think from a 45% first contact resolution how can you take it to a 95% mm-hmm. and then you because you have had the worn the uh, hat of a businessman you go work with the business to showcase yeah. to them saying that if you take the first contact resolutions to 95% how you would be able to with the same number of uh, people be able to uh, answer things in such a way that you free up time of the channel and the resources to be able to attend to things for example you you might you will recollect saying that if uh, 92% of the time when somebody asks you for a waiver uh, of the uh, first time delayed payment was uh, a yes from the business why take it as a deviation and to to an extent that it's about 1500 2000 rupees is the first time waiver that is being sought why don't we let people close it on the call it resulted in a dramatic 10 11% drop in the calls and when you uh, tell people saying that even you don't tell people saying that leave this request with us we will let you know the service request number and you configure the systems to be able to trigger off an yeah. sms to this customer mm. and then you tell him don't have to call back we will uh, uh, tell you that the service has been dealt with customer is interested not in calling you yeah. he's uh, demand on his time is also fairly fierce and therefore he'll be very happy if you go back and close the loop with him that's our drop in the repeat calls to the extent of 9 like this each of these things added up to almost 25 30% of the call reduction which meant that out of a 4500 seats you were able you have released 1500 seats for additional capacity to be filled that's what that was the charm of the demand management uh, satyendra and uh, of course because you asked this specifically uh, later on when i moved to uh, run the global operations piece yeah i pretty much followed the same thing 
we spent two or three full days with the entire uh, operations team to understand where where is the demand coming from what kind of transactions coming what time do they come in mm. like the mcdonald's uh, case yeah. study time motion units which come in and do we keep the loop of the customer uh, closed do we track the units and uh, yeah. multiple things uh, i mean you might want to pick on specific uh, <laughs> things to expand yeah. from yeah so what i heard you say in this you know uh, what, what you have done one is empowerment clearly you know i mean you are actually empowering the people in the front line to just finish it off you know rather than go all over the place sure. and we found that that's one of the big reasons of delays and irritation to the customer second very important thing is uh, you spoke about what i like to call a conducive structure that sure. is you know the friendship Uh, business friendship with all those for whom you are actually working i think that's like a really really key thing that uh, you're talking about and one third thing which i just picked up from what you were saying is communication because the whole game is about communication you know it's like what do you communicate to the customer so that he doesn't come to you it's a very important part of um, sure. you know uh, demand management another thing that i wanted to ask you that generally there is this restraint in empowering So now, with all your experience, how do you think this works? You know, I mean, uh, why do businesses not business, as in you know, the the person who's holding the PNL, why don't they like to give a little? In fact, uh, the uh, I mentioned to you about the benefit of having moved from the business. The benefit positioning came to me naturally uh, when I did these uh, jobs, Sachinder. See, empowerment is very scary, uh, especially at the front line level and at the uh, call center call agent level because yeah. people don't know whether it will be handled responsibly yes my belief is that for even the youngsters my uh, my my trust on the youngsters is that they are lot more conscious and responsible than we ever were yeah. in their age <laughs> yes. so that's that's my first uh, belief and it led me to think that look if we give them a framework for applying these choices and keep the framework simple simple okay uh, for instance is it the first time or the second time the customer has delayed payment and is the value uh, of reversal less than 1500 rupees and the third the uh, third vertex in the decision making is if 85 to 90% of the time when you throw this up to your boss or the business rep, and the answer has been a yes yes we are no longer yeah. dealing with an exception we are yeah. dealing with a norm if that is the case why don't we make that frontline person look good in the eyes of the customer okay. so i completely so the agree conversation yeah. like you said the communication completely changed saying yeah. that when the customer asked this uh, youngster on the phone how long will it take to for, for you to take a decision the youngster was empowered to say sir don't worry yes, no. i will do okay. it myself and while he is on the call he or she who is speaking to the customer said sir done next time around please be careful we may not have a chance to reverse this again okay therefore it became such a delight for the customer in 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 a way it made business sense because you are 
expecting someone with a significant uh, seniority mm. to be dealing with a day to day reversal of approvals and it anyway was happening as a matter of routine so therefore empowerment uh, i had a very wise uh, boss called uh, gopinath uh, and he used yeah. to say trust people <laughs> yeah but verify mm. so trust and verify used to be the check and balance in every empowerment there is trust people to exercise the choice but periodically verify whether it is exercised in the form that you had envisaged okay mm. then don't immediately change your trust but go and change the way that you will administer the trust so yeah. to the extent it was a, it was a very good uh, i mean uh, move actually that uh, at the call center mm. second uh, uh, what you said was to create this the conducive environment is uh, what i called the benefit positioning uh, satinder yeah uh, because when do businesses warm up to your idea when they say that either it either increases their pr- productivity it increases the sale okay, or it reduces the cost if one of the three items in their pnl you are going to contribute in making that better who will say no yeah i found uh, senior business leaders changing policies approving change to processes without even a moment's hesitation when you go and link it to what you're suggesting either enhancing the customer service reducing the turnaround time bringing down the risk yeah. bringing down the cost or yeah. your opportunity to cross sell if you point that out to one of these five things i have never i'm saying never in capital letters had a difficulty in getting things up, uh, getting things communicated to the business in such a way that they will only say yes so yeah. that has been the biggest learning and uh, the orientation that business running businesses brought me to hmm. other parts atinder you uh, it is uh, this is my uh, pet theme and i think uh, the i will encourage the uh, listeners to think about it never call your service outlet a back office because there is nothing called back office in the banks when you are doing the onboarding you are a part of the sales function when you are dealing with the customer's request you are a part of the service function and when the customer moves away and moves from you you become a part of the team that passes on the lead for retention, retention. or for upsell yeah and back office is only when you don't have anything to do with the customer and the contact center operations and business and the channels like branch banking have got nothing to do with back office every damn thing that they do impacts business and the customer in a positive way and you have a chance to do that therefore i used to fight this battles in the board room and in the mancom uh, saying that we are not back office stop saying that because when you code somebody as a back office the behavior is different yeah when you when you call that as an integral part of the business function then the behavior is different you don't call somebody a back office and expect that person to act empowered which is As silly front office yeah which is silly therefore you already asked him to behave like a back office and you are expecting saying that he is not exercising discretion you have told him not to you have asked him to take uh, instructions why would you expect to mm. that's it yeah 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 so you know what now i'm just moving this ahead and uh, today and and this is as consumers also we face this so you know um, 
we seem to have everything which is digital. So which means that as far as possible, there is no human contact between the company and the consumer. As consumers, there is no place to reach out to the company. It's all blocked. And it's not just blocked in the digital uh, mode. I also find that there are many uh, companies, there won't be an email available. You're still searching from where do I go and talk to them. So now what you said and what is happening, there is contradiction. So how do you think the current way in which we are moving towards, like, you know, uh, every company is in a different stage. How do you think we can apply this? When Very we interesting. Don't want, we don't want an interaction. You know, actually, uh, Satin, that this is not a new problem. You know, <laughs> when the channels, ATMs came, what are the mistakes that we did? Instead of migrating transactions, we migrated customers. Yes. Perfect. Very, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very unwise thing to do. Similarly, when we automate and digitize things, instead of humanizing transactions, we are digitizing human transactions. So do you use technology to humanize the service experience or do you use the technology to digitize completely impersonal uh, delivery? Let me give you an example. For instance, uh, we all use travel sites, okay? Yeah. When you are at the verge of completing a transaction and when the AI engine at the back, back end suggest to this contact center agent saying that Murli was trying to book this ticket just at a time when he was keying in his password, the site uh, got disconnected. Yeah. Within a second, if you get a call from this uh, service provider saying that uh, Mr. Murli, you were trying to book a ticket, we saw that just as you were uh, doing this uh, uh, transaction, completing the transaction, it didn't go through. We don't want you to be starting from the we will recreate this up to the stage when you have to do this. Just put the uh, CVV number and the thing. We will complete this transaction for you from here. You are humanizing the trans service process using a digital uh, intelligence. Okay. Mm. Similarly, um, in the uh, in the channels also, everything which is an exceptional transaction gives you a chance to go back and create an experience for the customer. For instance, um, one of the a small uh, team that we set up uh, um, in the uh, contact center, we had these trauma calls which used to come, saying that somebody said, I met with an accident or my bag has got picked in the airport. I want to stop the thing. One, increment, one incremental step that you used to do is to first things first, check with this person. If you had lost, if your bag got lost or picked and you lost an ICICI bank credit card, it's quite possible that you had many other credit cards. Would you like us to uh, help you block those cards as well? Imagine this customer sitting in, in Hong Kong or I mean, South yeah. Africa or the game yeah. safari. He has to make multiple international calls to do that. And if your, car, if your service provider that you call first says, can you help us do this? It's a it's a wow for that person. It's such a relief for that person. Similarly, in the in the uh, when people call to I mean register a claim for a thing, first things first that you ask is to figure out whether has there been a has there been any uh, major uh, yeah, loss accident, in the car or yeah. for the people. 
and in the area that you live do you know that we have arrangements with this one two three service providers and the hospitals can we talk to them and to make sure that they are ready to receive you when you go there for help it blows the customer away in terms similarly why did clear trip at some point in time had an advantage over this they cracked the refund process they were able to tell the customer refund is an exceptional transaction in the travel side they yeah. said in four days now people do that in couple of days but they, at that point in time they said in four days the money will be in your account it's our responsibility so you have an opportunity using the digitization using the technology to be able to create that magical experience for the customer customer doesn't have to know that it is the technology and analytics which happened with but you humanize that process by harnessing what technology and digitization can do to you and bring that closure interface in the form of a i mean a human conversation or a conversation or an exchange between the customer which is as close to and as personal as what the uh, face to face meeting would have rendered so yeah. all these while we think through most of our service delivery for the business as usual transactions can you think through this because this also a demand this is an unusual demand unusual demand mm. results in unusual loss or unusual opportunity to create an impact on the customer that's the approach uh, Certainly. yeah and it uh, i think it applies to in whichever mode because you know we are getting this uh, we get to hear you know we are we are fully digital we are and you know uh, the general impression is that if you are fully digital it means that there is no human interaction <laughs> but you know it just goes the other way and it can get very suffocating for the customer because he doesn't really know um, you know where he's going that uh, sure i can remember of course many of them and especially blocking of card you know uh, to move it up the ivr because at that time the customer is so panic you don't need to you know get him to authenticate and things right. like that and then many such steps but what you're saying is that the thinking has to be that way the thinking has to be that yes this is what needs to be done uh, that's very interesting now uh, the obvious next question which is coming to my mind is that in a large organization or even maybe smaller organizations with you know which are growing different teams or different departments are at different levels of um, uh, you might call it progress or uh, maturity now you one of the projects that you did was to bring about this bringing them to the same level so tell us sure. something about that because you know sure. we knew there are some which had some working on spreadsheets and some had uh, you know the best technology possible in the same organization sure uh, in fact i'll step back a little bit uh, satinder and uh, this uh, the other pet obsession i had is to say can you methodize what you do so what are the difference between a method and the process you uh, when you choose a method the process follows okay yeah. like you know you you uh, drinking water uh so drinking safe water is the is the end objective you sometimes boil you use uh, kent ro or uh, eureka forbs or you sometimes do the filtration but the method that you choose dictates the process therefore uh, i have always asked if the moving pieces in the organization are at different states of evolution does one part of the organization know about the benefits which are being reaped by the other part of the organization yeah. how can you socialize it okay and you have seen it in many times be it uh, implementation of a uh, um, crm yeah. 
from the most expensive CRM that you had <laughs> to the uh, yeah. switching to a... Yeah. In fact, I was just, when I was trying to think, I realized that in three, it, it actually takes about three to four years, you know, to reach that, those kind of levels, especially when you're dealing with a very democratic kind of an organization. Yeah. And uh, I was uh, also seeing that we did one portion in one year, then we got moved to the next and then to the next. So it was that much of a gap. That is true. You're right. Absolutely. How do you bridge that gap is... Uh, it, it goes back to the uh, part that I talked about benefit positioning. Uh, yeah. Okay. In fact, this different stage of evolution, if you have to move, for instance, if somebody had moved from Siebel to the uh, CRM introduced, which is an integral part of the core banking system, mm. Finacle CRM, the, uh, the earliest, the, the previous organization which had implemented that was uh, concurrent user 45, total user 400 and <laughs> you would roll out with concurrent user uh, total user 8500 concurrent user 1000 so you have to think scale and when you think scale there are two or three underlying things which happen one is whatever you have created within one can you repeat can you repeat in such a way that the entire enterprise uh, adopts you can you repeat with the similar set of or uh, the coherent set of people or the cohort that you create. Second is, whatever you have created for 400 people, how do you scale it up to 4,000 people? And the third question is even more important, uh, Satinder, who else will benefit from this? Mm. Who else will benefit from this? Which are the other similar, uh, similar organizations within this organization who may be suffering from the same issue? Can you go and talk to them about what have you done? What are the benefits you have got? Would you like to adopt it? So you crash this two to three year timelines to a few months. Because when you go talk to them, saying that, look, we had similar issues like this. This is what we tried. This is a result that we have got. And you showcase an outcome. One of the five outcomes that we talked about, risk, cost, customer yeah. service, CAT, or the productivity. And people sit up and take notice. And then the next question I have always confronted with is to say, what will it take for us to repeat here? When the business becomes a sponsor saying that, hey, whatever you did in retail, can you please replicate in SME? Can you please replicate in corporate? Then the magic happens. Then they assign the best of their resources who are responsible for one of these five business functions and they become a partner. Otherwise, you don't get sponsorship, you don't get money, you don't get the budget, even if you're convinced that that's good for the organization. Mm. Therefore, you are never far away from a salesman's role in your entire career yeah, that is true. whether you are running sales whether you're running businesses or operations or stuff you need to sell constantly the benefit of why do you think it's good mm. for you mm. because my belief is that all of our schedules are so punishing that we don't know what we want till the time somebody comes and tells us this is what yeah. we have would you like to do it yeah. Then we wake up and say, hey, can you do this? Can you do this more? Can you, can you yeah, add on and then, this? Then it doesn't end. Huh? It's... <laughs> it doesn't end. Yeah. So for people to get interested, you need to go and trigger this off. And yeah. then they suddenly pick this up, yeah. which is when you become very popular. Mm. So um, it, across the functions, it, I have never waited for the businesses to come and ask me, mm. can you solve this for us? I walked across and said, we solved a problem like this in the branch banking. 
we seem to think this part of your organization seems to have similar functions like this can would you like to give it a try they pick it up yeah so uh, you know what i'm just picking up from what you're saying is that all that you said now is not just applicable to large organizations i think it is even applicable to a five member team because this uh, you know it's it's just you're picking up that principle and applying it over here you don't really need to have that kind of large structure and the other th- uh, thing that i just picked up from what you were saying is that uh, a company may have say five or six different products they may be at different stages of their maturity sure. but the customer could be using three or four of these products and then that's when the customer comes and tells you that you are doing this over here and you aren't doing it here i mean you know they expect you to do uh, give a consistent or a standardized uh, kind of service but now that's a bringing me to the next question of this uh, you know uh, service integration i mean that's one of your uh, you know another pet uh, subjects that how do you integrate service Yes. of different products so that the customer has the same experience when he deals with the company um it, uh, to be fair uh, satinder i followed a lazy man's approach in service integration okay this uh, tool uh, is existing in the quality world it's called the tapping the customer creativity how do you tap customer creativity you know that the best person to describe the issues and compare it with something else that he is going through is the customer so yeah. do you create the listening post capabilities within the organization which says when the customer says what nonsense is this i am getting the same service from your cards team you say you're not, it's not available here create this mechanism and uh, uh, process to pick it up and give it to you as a service owner so when you hear this two or three customers saying about the same thing then you know that there is a integration opportunity begging to be exploited so yeah. you're not tapping your internal brainstorming to you're tapping the customer's creativity saying that look the same part of the same organization different uh, forms of uh, service that i'm experiencing that is a friction so service integration is nothing but removing the friction between the organization and the customer because customer would like to experience you as a single organization yeah you are letting the customer experience you at multiple for instance the wealth management team will uh, promise i am the single point of customer the sme will say i am the single point of customer and one statement for buying a visa uh, for taking a visa from an embassy all these guys will say no 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 i have access to this information i mean i will give you i will certify this for you so suddenly the integrated view of the customer which is available to the customer you are shamefully exposing the customer to the fact that you don't have it that's the friction that you need to pick up very very early in what how many as many ways as the customer is saying create those listening posts which pick this up and tell you yeah certain that looks like we are doing this well in this but we are not giving the same experience in this particular yes, yeah get these two guys to integrate it that is mm-hmm. you integrate one after the one after the other suddenly you find that the customer experiences the whole organization in a similar way yeah that's been the approach mm. and also uh, as you're saying it is not just the customer today i mean you know today 
स्विगी इज इक्वल टू उबर इज इक्वल टू एमेजॉन इज इक्वल टू द बैंक एंड एवरी वन इज यू नो आई मीन दैट्स वेयर हाउ वी कंपेयर सो टुडे द लिसनिंग पोस्ट हैज टू बी सो शार्प दैट इट इज नॉट जस्ट विद इन अ कंपनी इट इज ऑल्सो बिटवीन इंडस्ट्रीज बिटवीन कंपनीज बिटवीन आई मीन यू नो इट्स लाइक एवरीथिंग इज बींग कंपेयर टू एवरीथिंग सो टुडे द लिसनिंग पोस्ट आर डिजिटल Uh, they come they come in very very different form they come in the mm-hmm. form of glass doors they come in the form of uh, hate mails which float in the system they come in the form of instagram posts they came in the form of twitter if you don't get annoyed and you uh, pick this up as a friction to be solved then the customer is screaming not only his pain but he's also offering a solution saying that look at what these guys are doing why don't you guys do it you must have the humility and patience to walk across and say hey look this customer seems to say that you have got it right can we learn it from you if you do that then you suddenly become a lot more accessible both to the customer and for the people who can teach you what to do yeah in innovation in mind is in my mind is not discovering something new but can you adopt something which is happening elsewhere and make it work elegantly for your context is equally innovation equal yeah. to innovation that you would do for the new customers yeah. so customer uh, satinder plays many roles one of the roles that you should allow him to play is to let him tell you what do you think will help in solving the problem you are the person i mean there are architects there are charter accountants there are lawyers there are other people saying that sir do you have a suggestion for us is the great way to get the customer involved yeah. in problem to problem yeah 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 so it's been like a nice and rich discussion with you and all the principles and concepts that you're talking about are as relevant and i think they will continue to be relevant till such time there is a customer and a company so uh, uh, thanks for sharing your experience murli is there something uh, you know some message that you would like to give uh, you know the listeners actually the message becomes uh, the message makes you uh, appear like you know it all okay yeah. therefore i would rather the perspective that i'd like to uh, share with the folks uh, who are uh, listening to the podcast satinder is to say that if you have to choose the path to understanding what will work approach it from the demand side not from what you have so i think that's a very good starting point irrespective of which function you do even when you do a business function start from where the demand is coming from therefore i think it's useful for you it will help you plan better second i think is to uh, say is there a friction in what we are doing is there a friction in what we are doing and actively actively pursue this thought with the businesses which are the internal customers with the external businesses and uh, listen listen and create. third of course is ask this question repeatedly repeatedly saying that hey i have created this can this be repeated across a five member organization or a thousand member organization without the customer experiencing a difference okay mm-hmm. is it repeatable therefore if it is to be repeatable it has to be simple and simplicity needs to reduce it to a level where you expect this three month old from the college campus to be able to understand and deliver the service well is it repeatable mm. second thing you would doubt is if it's repeatable can it scale up is it scalable if both happen 
then you step back and say hey i've been able to repeat it in this organization this part of the organization it has scaled up can this be replicated elsewhere and when you do that you suddenly go looking for friction which happens to the customer from across the organization mm. and eliminate it it becomes a service integration that you talked about so some of these things will appear fairly simple and uh, i mean easy not very exotic not very yeah. exotic yeah, and yeah. easy but simplicity does require a hard work lot of hard work and uh, putting the customer at the center of your planning has always paid off eliminate the friction for him make it repetitive across your team replicate it to some other place where the customer may be dealing with you and make sure that it's so simple that it can sell well if you ask me these are four or five things which i think will never fail and never underestimate the power of the customer to come and suggest to you what will help you if you do so thank you that's about it thank you so much murli for your time and for sharing your experience uh, thank you satinder